Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 792. I believe that you can do anything you dream of doing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Collard. Hey, Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I've got my seatbelt on. I'm excited. Let's go. (laughs) For a guy who's been off-road and in some pretty wild places, uh, I'm not sure I can be that great of an adventure for you today, but I'm going to really try, that's for sure. Chris Collard is the editor-in-chief of the Overland Journal an international vehicle-dependent adventure magazine. He took a leap towards his passion and left a 17-year position to pursue a career in photojournalism. That was in the late 90s, and since then, he's published hundreds of articles and thousands of images in over a dozen publications on six continents. He's traveled the world shooting in the outback of Australia, the Moroccan Sahara, the jungles of Venezuela, to the Kalahari Desert, and many other wild and exotic places. He raced James Garner's 1970 Oldsmobile 442, the Grabber Olds, with an off-road legend named Rod Hall, and he drove Mark Smith's original Expedition de las Americas Jeep CJ7 across South America, just to name a few of his many, many adventures. And in 2013, Chris was inducted into the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame as a pioneering journalist. So, Chris, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career, and of course, your passion for driving automobiles in some really wild places. Yeah, Mark, well, I'm humbled just hearing about myself that way. <laughs> you know what? My primary business is is as a photographer and a journalist on a company called Adventure Architects. Just started uh, in the late 90s. You know, but by nature, I'm kind of a wannabe vagabond. And, you know, my dad's just been photographing cars and international off-piece ad- adventures and events. As you mentioned, some of them in Australia and, and uh, Africa, the Dakar Rally in South America for a few. And, uh, you know, I, my passion for cars started early and it's kind of led me across all of our continents. You know, the Antarctica uh, comment, uh, that was in 2013. I was actually part of a four-member two-vehicle team that crossed the entire continent uh, from Novo in the Eastern Hemisphere to the South Pole and across the Ross Ross Ice Shelf and uh, then return. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy ride. Do a lot of commercial photography for auto manufacturers like Jeep, Ram Truck, and a number of aftermarket companies. And for the last six years, I've been the editor of Overland Journal. So, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you're a busy guy, that's for sure, and I'll let our listeners know. I've been trying to connect with Chris for, gosh, we just talked about this for half a year, maybe more now, and every time I reach out to him, he's in some other continent, some other place, and sorry, I'm far away. The sat phones can't reach where I'm at, so I'm happy that I grabbed a few minutes of your time in between some of your many adventures, and as we continue on your journey in life, I would like to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Chris, take the wheel. You know, that's a really good question, but I believe that you can do anything you dream of doing. Um, If you give it 100% of your focus, you're committed to yourself and you're committed to success. 
you know, we have the blessing of being healthy and being able to read and write. And technically, we can teach each other, teach ourselves anything. You know, mm-hmm. and if we decided that you wanted to, there are a few things out of the limit, but like, I might not become a doctor right now. But you know what? We're blessed with uh, with health and intelligence, and I'd say stay focused. Absolutely. In fact, in our pre-show chat, Chris and I were talking about the fact that if you were born into this country, the United States, you already won the lottery because your opportunities are so much broader than some of the the many challenging places in the world, third world countries, which are challenged with things as simple that we take for granted as having a nice fresh glass of water or where's your next meal coming from, those kinds of things. So absolutely, anything is definitely possible. Becoming that brain surgeon, though, might be a little chore for me, so I might have to take that off the table. And myself as well. <laughs> you hit it right on the head, Mark, is that, you know, we, if you've traveled in third world countries, I mean, every time that I come back and I land in the United States and I come through customs, I am so appreciative of what we have here. Yeah, I think every young person and an old person, if you've not been to a third world country where things are challenging, you should go experience that and come back and realize just how blessed and lucky and fortunate we are for sure. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize that you were a car guy? Well, you know, I, I, um, I've always loved Corvettes when I was a kid back in the late 60s and then Camaros. I loved old Jeeps. You know, I love the idea of traveling, you know, after my hot rod days, you know, in high school, uh, I, you know, I had a V8 Vega, of course, that classic Vega. Oh, I remember the Challenger. Vega. Yeah. Remember the Vega? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a good friend in high school that had one. Yeah, it was a crazy car. I had a 350 V8, a uh, Muncie four-speed, that old Hearst vertical gate shifter with a side reverse lever on it, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was too much power for a 16-year-old kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I realized that the world is a big place, and, uh, you know, I figured that I could uh, match uh, my passion for cars and four-wheel drives. Grew up riding motorcycles, uh, dirt bikes with my dad in Mexico and Southern California desert, and it was just kind of natural to gravitate towards four-wheel drives to, you know, to uh, chase the dream. Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in Southern California myself. I had a friend, Bobby, who had lots of off-road motorcycles and used to let me borrow one. We'd go out and ride out east of San Diego or we'd go down to Mexico with my folks, camp on the beach and rip up and down the beaches. So it sounds like we both had a very wonderful childhood on two wheels. That's for sure. Yeah, it's rich. Yes. Yeah, we still ride. My dad's 80 and he still gets on his dirt bike. We'll go out to the desert and he still rides. We'll take one bike. I'll chase him in the truck and when he gets tired, we'll swap. But, um. No kidding. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. Wow. That is very impressive. Well, Chris, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and you've driven down some crazy roads, my friend. So I want you to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your life or your career. Kind of walk us down that road, take us through that uh, difficult time. But more importantly, what did that experience teach you so that you could move forward? You know, I, I think mine is probably a life challenge. Uh, you know, I, I finished college and uh, I was working at UPS at night sorting packages. And I took a job as a driver because I was just tired of being poor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what? I, 13 years went by and I you know, found myself you know, stuck in this grind. I was following guidelines that were set forth by, you know, my parents, responsible societal expectations about a job, a house, and a dog, and a white picket fence. And, you know, it was killing me, not because it was a bad job, but because I always, you know, had this desire to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, 
you know, it's kind of a scary position to be in. I had a good friend of mine, Jody, and every time he sees me, just kick me where it counts and say, Chris, you're wasting your life. What are you doing? You know, so I made the decision. It's like, all right, I got to change things. You know, I, the result was that I reduced my expenses, got rid of a car payment. I got a roommate, set a really strict budget, and I saved money. I saved two years worth of expenses. And, you know, I was investing in my chance to escape, you know, to kind of follow a dream. And uh, on June 21st of uh, 2001, I quit UPS and never looked back. And, uh, you know, it was it was a little bit of a difficult road at first because it's kind of scary jumping off that bridge and a lot of unknowns. But, uh, you know, following that golden rule of just staying focused uh, really helped me you know, get to where I'm today. I'm not sure exactly sure where that is, but it's kind of <laughs> always excited to find out what I'm going to be doing five years from now. You know, this is a, this is a tremendous story and I'm so appreciative that you shared it because so many people are stuck in that grind and they get themselves into that position where they think this is what life is supposed to be, quote unquote, uh, have the house, have the house, have the kids maybe or the dog or whatever it is. Uh, and I hate to say kids and dogs anchor you down, but. There are options and there are opportunities, but you got to be willing to sacrifice. In your case, took a roommate, cut your expenses, saved and invested in yourself. That's the takeaway I get from that story you just shared. Is that what you learned from that? You know, that's pretty. That's pretty close. And I just think I think everybody's got to invest in themselves. And I, you know, I, I got you know, if you're married and you have kids and, and that type of thing, I mean, maybe the investment's in a little bit different place. You don't have to jump off, you know, the Empire State Building. Um, you just take it and it's like eating an elephant. You take small bites at a time. Right. But you do something that's kind of, kind of fulfill your inner soul. Yeah. And definitely. I definitely. may take a two month trip to Africa, but, you know, for somebody that's on a more stringent schedule, a normal job, you know, maybe that's just taking the weekend and, and fulfilling your, your needs that way, your passion that way. Um, you know, it's funny, Mark. I, I call Jody. We're still friends. We've been friends for 30 years. I call him every time I get up on a plane and out of the country. <laughs> and I usually get his voicemail. Yeah. And I say, Jody, this is your buddy Chris. Thanks for kicking me in the, you know, yeah. <laughs> your accounts. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, nudging me off the bridge. Yeah. Nice. Great to have a friend like that. Wow. Awesome story. Thanks for sharing that. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. That time when the lights kind of light up that uh, jungle path for you and you know which way to go, left, right, straight. So what was your aha moment in your career? You know, when I hit, I, when I decided to, um, to make, you know, to take a leap early on, I read a book. It was called John Shaw's The Business of Nature Photography. In more than just the nature photography, it had a couple of really valuable lessons in there. And, uh, one of them was that, you know, cause I considered myself a photographer first. Best way to sell a photo is with a great story and vice versa. And it was kind of funny because English is probably my least best subject when I was in college. And I realized that. So I uh, you know, went back to school, bought a bunch of books on photography and English, figured out you know, what the difference is between a colon and semicolon. <laughs> and, you know, and just realized that if I was going to, uh, if I was going to succeed at anything, I needed to figure out how to be the best at that particular you know, genre. Started Adventure Architects in 1999. I printed business cards on my home computer with those little tear-off sheets you bought at Staples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of like James Garner in the back of his car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rockford Files. Yeah, yeah, the Rockford Files. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, I guess you, if there's an aha moment, um, back in 98, I, I crossed uh, South America in one of Mark Smith's original expedition jeeps. 
and uh, you know, pitch a story to a to a four wheel drive magazine, and they liked it, and they asked me for more, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. They're just calling me back saying, hey, this is great. Um, what are you doing next? You know, so that was that was a moment, and you know, I have to admit that my photography and my writing probably wasn't all that great at the time, but it gave me the encouragement to really jump forward, and, you know, and, and focus on you know being better. Absolutely. Well, here's a reoccurring theme with your story. Again, you started investing in yourself, went back to school, got some books, read some things. If you take a, a listen to somebody like, say, Tony Robbins, who is an incredible person when it comes to motivation, came from a dirt poor family, couldn't afford to eat most of their meals. And that's how he did it. He started investing in himself, reading books. He read hundreds of books, figured out how to talk to people, help people, and the rest is history. So uh, great reoccurring theme in your life here, Chris, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great story as well. I mean, it's, it's true. You learn so much reading. Yes, it's free. The one thing I remind everybody, my wife reads two books a week. The library. They download books into her Kindle from the library. It's all free. So use that resource. There's so much information there and people don't go to the library and use it. Take that opportunity and invest in yourself. How about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many. You've done so many very cool things, but is there one that stands out for you? Mm, that's a good question. I've been really, really fortunate. You know, uh, Antarctica was, was a big deal, but I think, you know, I used to work with Mark Smith. I was actually the UPS guy in Georgetown, California mm-hmm. and kind of a small world, but, uh, you know, I ended up working with his organization as a trail guide. And, you know, we became friends and he was a mentor to me. And, and in 2013, he nominated me for the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame. And I was like, Mark, it's like, no, that's like, it's not my time. I'm still, it's not, and I was a kid on the block. There's other people that are mourning. I got Jim at Chris. It's, it's your time and we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, inducted in 2015. Wow. Great. Um, and it's, that's a super surreal. I and mean, some of the, some of the off-road and automotive greats are in that, on that Hall of Fame, like Parnelli Jones and Steve McQueen and Mickey Thompson and Malcolm Smith. I'm saying, wow, it just still doesn't feel real. So I think, <laughs> I think that's got to be a moment. I think so. Yeah. Congratulations. Wow. Very, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love for you to share your first really special car and maybe a memory you have about that vehicle. Okay, special car. Yeah. Let's see, I'm just going to go straight to my first four-wheel drive. Of course. That's an, that was an 82 Toyota Hilux pickup. You know, it's got 350,000-plus miles. The odometer start, stopped working there, but I still got it. still <laughs> in my garage. You still have that. Wow. I still have it. It's like uh, I call it my punk kid truck because it's you know, <laughs> heavily modified, and you know, I look like a punk kid when I'm driving it. But um, <laughs> that truck's taken me... You know, all over the West Coast and Mexico and Canada. And, you know, I lived in it, slept in it. It's my daily driver for years. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot of a lot of memories together. I'll bet. And it still gets out on the trail. Well, I good. live close to the Rubicon. You get up there and, and do the trail in Fort Ice you know, a couple times a year. Yeah. So she's not retired, not retired yet. That's for sure. No, no. Well, how about a car you've sold that you wish you had back? Is there one of those uh, sellers or more stories in your life? Uh, that's got to be my my uh, seventy one Challenger. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Love that car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I 
I wouldn't want it back just because it's uh, gone up 20-fold in value, but I know it's just a great car. I got that after I wrecked the Vega. 16-year-old kid shouldn't have a 350-plus horsepower in a 1,800-pound car. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, no, it's not good. But yeah, the Challenger was awesome. I mean, that was I, I grew up back in the day of cruising, you know, or car craft and Hot Rod Magazine. They were out on the, the big cruises, so Northern California, who had that. J Street and Sunrise Mall and Tico and you know that was the car. Did yours have those uh, stripes that went from the front headlights down the side to the back? Uh, it was a B pillar yep. under the yeah yeah. What color was it? It was yellow and oh. had Craigers. Nice. And I think it was I think it were BFG radial TAs when they first came out. Nice. So it was a styling car. It wasn't really a hot rod. I just had the 318 automatic, but that was probably a safe bet for me. After the Vega, <laughs> the Vega yeah. <laughs> a wise choice, a wise choice. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that has you really excited and fired up? I know you're always heading off to some wild place, some unique place. So what's ahead for you this year? Uh, I got a couple projects and I'm always excited about to find out what's going to happen next because things just kind of come up. But um been talking to a friend of mine about putting together a project in uh, in eastern Papua New Guinea, um, which is really the remote and wild part of the country from the work as, as a geologist. And then I was in Cambodia a couple of years ago and uh, met a met an Aussie that um, does dirt bike trips in the remote reaches of uh, Cambodia. He knows every rice paddy track and and uh, shrine and temple that you know most Americans would just tourists would never see. So those are pretty cool. And then I've been working on a probably about fifteen, well, maybe ten years. I've been working on a kind of an international multi-continent expedition, but um, can't really talk about that one. But we'll see if it comes to fruition. Wow, pretty exciting, very exciting. And most of these you document in the Overland Journal, right? You know, I do. I um, I've been the editor for six years, so that's the primary outlet. But I still work for, or I still work with, you know, all my offshore magazines. So. I still distribute the material to magazines in Australia and South Africa and right. Europe, South um, yeah, South America. All over the so, place. Yep, Overland Journal. They always end up in Overland Journal, which I love because we'll run our stories will run you know, 12 to 15 pages with no, advertise, no advertisement in between them. So you just get big, beautiful images and spreads. And, that's nice. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I'll remind our listeners that I'll put links on how you can subscribe and get this fantastic publication on Chris's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Now, here's a very introspective question. Yeah, I have a feeling you're somewhat of an introspective guy, so this will be an interesting one. If Chris was a car or a four-wheel drive, what would he be and why? Hmm. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a Ferrari. Um, as beautiful as they, they are, that's go not anywhere me. near all the places that you go. <laughs> yeah, you know they, they're fast, but the approach and departure angle and breakover angle that's yeah. just not there. No, yeah, being up the, the body panels too much. I think maybe a Willie's flat fender wagon. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not going to get you there fast, but it's going to get you there in style. Maybe put a smile on your face. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I, I just bought a. Yeah, I just bought a, a, a 52 3A release. Oh, nice. From Yeah, from a friend of mine who's unfortunately uh, I'm sick. But yeah, I'm going to carry on this project and uh, get it on the trail out in Nevada. Awesome. Well, when you get that done, you send me pictures. I cannot wait to see that out there getting some dirt. I will do that. Getting some dirt on the wheels. Yeah. I love it. Great. Well, Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. 
I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at com. Okay, Chris, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive or off-road advice you've ever received? Hmm. All right. Automotive, off-road, let's see. Kind of cliche, but uh, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know it. Do your homework, anticipate. I mean, we do a lot of uh, extended travel in remote areas, so you do your homework, anticipate potential problems. You know, prepare for the worst case scenario. Oh gosh, yes. I've had many, many guests here on the show that are off road racers, off road people, and uh, that's definitely a reoccurring theme. Uh, be prepared, the Boy Scout model for sure. Absolutely, love the Boy Scout. Yes. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? You know, I usually start work about 5 o'clock in the morning every day. Mm. I just like to get an early start. Um, From a business standpoint, I believe that um, it should be a win-win situation. You just got to be honest with your clients, people you work with. Make sure your business partners receive more than they expect. You you follow these rules, that uh, particular guideline, and, and I think most people end up with more work than they know what to do with. Absolutely. Great suggestions. Now, I know the Overland Journal is a great resource for people, but is there another resource you might recommend to our listeners? Uh, you know, our digital property is um, Expedition Portal, and that's one that's not a subscription-based type thing. You can just get on. We get tons of great information on whether it's expedition travel or gear, everything from water purifiers to tents to uh, tires, you know, and wheels and, you know, 
basically uh, a lot of gear reviews. You know, for boots on the ground type events, I'd say, you know, find a way to Flagstaff, Arizona in May, where they have Overland Expo. Mm-hmm. Great event. Big automotive event. Probably pulls in probably 14,000 people. Wow. Adventures from all over the world, manufacturers from across the country. Fantastic. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Mm. A drink. Yeah. Okay. So... I think, you know, I've, I've always been fascinated with polar exploration. And I think Shackleton. Oh. I think Ernst, Ernst Shackleton. Yeah. He was a great leader. He's driven, you know, he adapted to adversity. Um, and we do, he would do anything for his crew. Like he brought all 27 men back from their uh, mishaps in Antarctica when they were frozen in the ice for a year and a half. Right. Um, you know, success was more than simply achieving the goal. You know, it was making sure that everybody got home alive. Oh, wow. So definitely Shackleton. Yeah, that's a name that's not come up with that question, but very unique person. And given the kinds of adventures you go on, I can see why you'd love to talk with that guy. Boy, talk about persistence, yeah. tenacity. Wow. <laughs> I've had a couple seconds, you know, uh, you know, Henry Ford. Well, of course. Carol Selby. Yeah. I mean, those guys are all right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a difficult question. It's kind of like a question that's coming up here in a few minutes, but Shackleton, that's a unique one. I like that very much. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think the Cars Yeah listeners should crack open and read? Hmm. Uh, I hate to kind of fall on the one shirt pony side. Okay. Well, I got one. I got two. Okay. Um, Creativity Inc. by uh, Ed Catmull. Mm-hmm. Great book on, you know, managing companies, dealing with people. Adventure book. Uh, Probably the race for the South Pole by uh, Roland Huntsford, um, and that one uh, basically it uh, he parallels um, Amundsen and Scott's journals during their 1912 expedition to the South Pole. As the four, four cars made it down there, but mm-hmm. fantastic. Awesome. Great two references. And listeners, I'll remind you, you can find all these great resources on Chris's show notes page here at carsyeah.com. Just type Chris Collard, C-O-L-L-A-R-D, into the search bar. That page will pop up with all these links. And there's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where these two books and all the books recommended by the past 791 guests are listed. I made it real easy for you for quick clicks to buy. It's a great reference under the resources tab at the Carsia website. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, the question I referred to uh, just a few moments ago, and this can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any collector car in the world. Any cool car, any cool off-road, doesn't matter what it is, and it really doesn't matter what the price is, because I'm buying. So, yeah, I like that. <laughs> what would that vehicle <laughs> be and why? Uh, you're hurting me here, Mark. I know. Uh, that's too many. I'm sorry. All right, kind of, I got to roll back to my generation. Okay. Uh, so back when I was in high school, like I said I had a 71 Challenger. That's when you could actually afford them, like a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid in high school could buy one of those. Yeah. One car, 69 V20 Camaro. Oh. Loved them as a kid. Just that's the car I always wanted. Um, never ended up buying one. You know, I owned a couple of uh, vintage Mustangs back in the day, but always wanted the, the Camaro. So great investment too. I mean, you buy one today, and for what you pay for a new car, and and it's you know it's never going to go down in value, and you're always going to put a smile on your face when you get behind the wheel. Yeah, those are wonderful cars. I mean, just I don't know what everything about them: the stance, the look, the feel. Just oh, yeah. very, very nice. And the 69, of course, was before they got a little bigger and heavier and longer and everything. So they just kind of had that stance about them that was uh, was pretty darn nice. So, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, the, any of the, the 60s Camaros are great. I almost got a, a 68 RSSS when I was in high school, but I, I think it was 1800 bucks, and I had $1,350 of my own money. <laughs> yeah. My dad wouldn't loan me the rest because he didn't want me to have a hot rod. No, no. And the other problem is <laughs> the insurance back then. It was expensive, you know, to insure those cars for a young kid. So, uh, yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah, my I had gosh. to pay for that myself, too. Yeah, me as well. So that's why I had a Carmen Ghia. They were really cheap to insure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did beef up the motor a little bit. So it had a little faster motor in it, but nothing like the Z28. So, uh, no, we had a kid in our high school who had a Z28. And we all called it the Batmobile. Uh, because that guy would leave the school parking lot and just light it up and it had a big blower coming out of the hood. And, oh, uh, yeah, everybody was jealous of that guy. So, yeah, I wonder what's ever happened to him. Well, Chris, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you head off down that dusty dirt road? And maybe not in a Z28 Camaro, but before you head off into the sunset in that 69 Z28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's see. Bit of advice. As is anything in life, you just need to do what you say you're going to do. Do it on time and provide an excellent product to whoever you're working with. This business is 50% marketing and 50% performance. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know just stellar photographers that have never sold an image. I also know great marketing guys. I should say I know marketing guys that can sell Santa, Sahawi nomad in the <laughs> yes. Sahara, but you know they uh, they fail because they overpromise and they don't deliver. So advice is do what you say you're going to do. You know you just need to work harder and smarter than anyone else. Uh, and I say chase your dreams. We only get one shot at life, and uh, that goes by quickly. Don't wait till next week. Yes, do it. Now, next week may not come. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Chris has shared again on his Cars Yeah show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. Just type Chris in that search bar. That page will pop up and you can follow him along. You can uh, subscribe to Overland Journal, which I would encourage you to do. It's absolutely wonderful publication. Even if you're not into off-roading, just the way it's done, the layout, the art, the photography, it will take you on adventures with every turn of the page. So it's interesting because... Overland Journal is not actually a four-wheel drive magazine. It's uh, you know it's a vehicle-dependent travel adventure publication, so it's predominantly vehicle. Um, but we also run stuff on dual sport motorcycles, you know, six log raft on the Amazon. So it's really it's an adventure magazine where we use vehicles. It's a means to the end to get to some amazing places. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Chris has shared here on his show notes page at carsyad.com. I would encourage you to follow along with what he's doing. Check out the Overland Journal. It is a wonderful adventure publication that will take you away even if you're just sitting in your armchair. I guarantee you will enjoy this. Chris, thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down that dirty, dusty road. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. It was fun. It was fun. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material 
and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!